Nathan. Hello, Trev. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. And, um, oh, it's a good one tonight, isn't it? You think it's a good one, Nathan? I think it's going to be a good one. I do think it's a good one, yeah. Well, you know, I really like the film. And uh, it's the first sort of really upbeat sort of, uh, I don't know, is it upbeat? It's so it's more upbeat than it intended to be. We need to talk about tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the Truman Show, and um, it is a bit more upbeat than it intended. The original script by Andrew Nichol was um, originally more of a science fiction. I mean, this is this does fall into science fiction. We could have mentioned it in our science fiction chat. Oh, because we we Couldn't covered we? every other film every single other science fiction film <laughs> apart, from, apart from this one <laughs> but um yeah so the original script was a lot more so a lot darker right and more science fiction and uh director peter weir said it was one of the best scripts he ever read and he really wanted to do it but he couldn't do it unless he made changes and the the writer was really up for peter weir directing and he was like well let's work on this together and they they changed it so it's a lot of a, it's a lighter sunnier disposition than the original yeah i think in the original it was like very dark and truman was a bit of a downbeat character right you know and peter weir he actually said that cuz he's australian and he was watching Home and away, when he thought, that's what the Truman Show's got to be like. It's got to be light, sunny, like that. People would, If people were tuning in to watch a programme of someone's life every day, it would have to be brighter. Yeah, you know? for sure. People liked watching Home and Away because it was so bright and sunny, and that's, what it, that's how he, he came up with the Truman Show as we know it today. Wow. A little bit of, little bit of uh, knowledge there for you, Nate. Did you like that? Well, I, if I'm being 100% honest, <laughs> right, I yeah. I sort of literally in that moment lost quite a bit of love for the film. Now I know that it was inspired by Home and Away. <laughs> 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 I don't think, yeah, it wasn't inspired, but it was. Yeah, that- but now you've said that, I'm thinking, looking back at it, and I'm thinking, oh my God. That was so home and away. <laughs> you know what I mean? In certain ex- aspects of the film, you're like, oh, no. You know, it's like one of those things that you've seen and you wish you'd never noticed. What, home and away? Well, yeah. In a, <laughs> no, but the the fact that you've now said that about the Truman Show, it's ah, oh, you know, you can't take that back. I'm, I'm going to know that forever now. Yeah, it's not, ba- it's, just forget about it. It's not based on it. What are you on about? <laughs> um but yeah, I really enjoyed watching this again. We'll get to talk about it in a second, Nate. Okay. All right, bef- because before we do, first of yeah, what what? Because um, obviously, uh, well, I say obviously, this was one of your suggestions. What made you think the Truman Show? What what was it that made it twig in your head? Let's do that. I don't know. I know it was like only last week I suggested it. But I can't think what made me want to do the Truman Show. It just popped in there, and I thought, well, that'd be a good one to do. But well, I think it was a good call. And at one point, we was going to do this and Ed TV at the same time, weren't we? <laughs> but we decided, let's just do the one. Uh, you know, we have done that in the past. We've done uh, The Departed and Infernal Affairs. We compared the two, but it, this is, uh, yeah, let's just look at The Truman Show. We'll look at Ed TV another time. Yeah. 
we could do that. But yeah, apart from that, I, f- I don't know. Just an interesting film that I hadn't seen for a long time, and I thought, let's do it. Well, let's let's do that then. Um, before we have a chat about it, Nath, yeah, base yourself. I've got a question for you. Oh, this well, for a moment there, I thought you had a confession, but go on. No, a question. Have you watched anything this week? Films? Have you watched any films this weekend? I- this week. I have. Sorry, let me ask it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked it up three times. Nath, have you watched any films this week? As a matter of fact, Trev, I actually have. You know, I, you thought it was. He has again. I know you thought you was, I was building to an anticlimax, then, didn't you? I can't believe this, Nath. This is like two weeks on the trot. You've actually watched a film. I know. I know. And um, some of what I've watched hasn't really been anything to write home about. But the the film that I I did watch and I saw I think I saw a trailer for on YouTube maybe and it was uh, Palm Springs. Now I don't know the actor's name and I always refer to him as Jake Peralta out of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, I know Adam Steinberg or something. Adam Somethingberg. Yeah. Well, the first uh, the first film I ever remember seeing him in was um, Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Yes, and I I love yeah. that film. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. And I think we should do that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But I've uh, got that on a double disc with Napoleon Dynamite, which I haven't... I think I've only ever watched that once. Well, we should probably watch Napoleon Dynamite as well. Because yeah. the films feel... <laughs> were they directed by the same person? I don't think so, no. No? They just feel similar, though, don't they? I can't... I can remember Hot Rod more than I can remember Napoleon Dynamite. But I think I've watched hot rod several times i remember the the opening scene where he like just does a bunny hop on that scooter and it like freezes and it's hot rod <laughs> he's like an inch <laughs> off the floor <laughs> oh, any, oh. anyway um so that, palm springs that guy is it a drama or is it a comedy i think technically you'd call it a sci-fi rom-com well there's a, a genre we didn't touch on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not really um yeah i'm just adding that to the the category list <laughs> let's hang on a minute what what is it quantified as on imbd it is a comedy fantasy mystery right and they gave it 7.4 out of 10 oh that's not bad then and uh andy sandberg andy sandberg i don't i know it's something berg yeah, he's he's got the nose for a burg, hasn't he? Yeah, he has got the nose for a burg. Can I can yeah. I say that? Are we allowed to say that? You just did. You just did. <laughs> anyway, if you stand him and Adrian Brody back to back, they look like a pickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's- <laughs> Oh Jesus! Right. Well, let's <laughs> let's not even talk about this. <laughs> Go on. What's the film? Was it good? <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought it was an hour. And, it's only an hour and a half long, right? One me already. Yeah, it only came out this year, and I thought, do you know what? That was a really worthwhile use of my time. Yeah, it's a bit Groundhog Day, but totally not Groundhog Day. He's he's with his girlfriend at a wedding. He stands out at the wedding from the word dot. Things transpire and you suddenly realise that somehow or other he's he's just stuck in this continuous, never-ending time loop where he just lives the same day over and over. Right. And um, he accidentally drags another person 
into, into the, the time, time loop. loop. Yeah, and um, there's no definite time of how long he's been in this time loop, but he's clearly accepted there's nothing he can do about it, and he's just doing whatever he can to pass the time. Yeah. But the person that he brings into the time loop with him goes through all of the denial and the trying to escape and, you know, the sort of, you remember from Groundhog Day where Bill Murray's committing suicide and yeah, yeah. and all of that. And then, um, but there's sort of a, a sort of, romantic comedy sort of feel about it as well and yeah i don't know i thought it was a nice little film mate yeah it sounds sounds good yeah and you know you know how i like anything that includes a vortex or oh. time, time travel do you remember that vortex you found in the gents toilets at the crown and scepter once <laughs> i do remember that there was a vortex <laughs> in the toilets <laughs> saying about that i wonder if it's still there was that like the same sort of time as you invented time travel with a prism and a mouse (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think yeah i think (laughs) you know what i'd have to dig out my uh paper it's your feces yeah Hold on a minute. I'm going to go to the kitchen and get a spoon to dig out my feces. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What is going on, boy? We're having too much fun tonight. (laughs) Well, why not? Why not? Right. Anyway, so that's what I've watched. Have you watched any films, Trev? Yes. It was um, Wake Up Ron Burgundy. Oh, wait. Yes. Yes, yes. Basically, a sequel to Anchorman that came out at the same time as Anchorman was released straight to TV, I think, over in the States. Right. And, oh, God, fucking hell. (laughs) Donna's getting in her jaw because I've got the headphones on. I didn't hear her. She's just there right next to me. Just shat myself. Do you want to borrow my spoon? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, because it's a, but it's like uses, I think, deleted scenes and they've just sort of padded it out and given it its own plot. So it sort of runs side by side with Anchorman. Yeah. But also like almost like an alternative to Anchorman. And I thought it was really good. I really, I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Anchorman 2. So, yeah, that's worth looking for, people. Wake up, Ron Burgundy. Well, I'm going to have to watch that now. Uh, so, yeah. The Truman Show, then. Yeah, uh, I would give it a solid eight and a half. Yeah, I'd, it is up there, isn't it? It is a great film. And I think you're always glad when you watch a film and it's still good. But if anything, now, I mean, that film came out in, was it 1998? Yeah, and reality TV was just about to begin. It hadn't really happened at that point. Yeah, it? when you suggested this, uh, and when you suggested watching the Truman Show and Ed TV, it suddenly felt very relevant to to watch uh, and review two films that were almost like a precursor to well, the modern world that is reality TV because the television's ruled by it now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, half of this stuff, you watch celebrity programs. Not that I ever watch celebrity programs, but if ever my wife has got it on and there's these celebrities and I'm like, who are they? Who? What is, who is that? And it's like, 
Oh, they're famous for being nobodies on reality TV programs. You know, now the members of the public are celebrities for just being members of the public who have been. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's stupid, but. You know, I think everybody should know that every time I come to visit you, there is always uh, some screen in your house showing Keeping Up With The Kardashians. (laughs) I have it taped to my face. (laughs) Kardashians. No, i got to be honest with you. I wouldn't even recognise a Kardashian if you waved one in my my face. (laughs) No, I should imagine... It would be very plasticky. Yeah. I see. I never really. I'm not one for reality TV. I liked the earlier series of Big Brother. Right. But then it just got all. Don't know. Too much in it. I. Th- yeah. I think the problem is, is like the earlier series of Big Brother. People didn't realise the people were just going on a show. Um, and then the later series is people were like, oh look, if I get on here, I could become famous for blah blah blah, and it just felt like people were trying too hard like you know what i mean even the reality tv just didn't seem like a reality and then inevitably people couldn't keep up the facade for however long the show was on and then it was just like oh do you know what this is just crap sin this now like big brother and that has gone through where you can't just have people in the room you know big brother's always being devious and setting people up for this yeah and getting someone to backstab poke at them and prod at them in the truman show it's whole life has been fabricated. Yeah, yeah, this is it. And, it and is, it's, it's it's every one of the people in his life, his friends, all his friends, his family, are not his friends or his family. They are exactly the opposite for going along with such a hideous... It's hideous, isn't it? And it's... Yeah, and they never really touch on it. No. You know what I mean? There's never really uh, that realisation in Truman, in Jim Carrey, that, or, 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 well, there is the realisation, but he never really vocalises the, everything I've lived is just a total lie. All of my friends are just false and paid actors and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like obviously as the viewer, you understand and get that, but there's, you never get that really dark moment of, of awakening with him. Do you? No, I wonder if it was in the original script, you know, like, like I was saying earlier, Peter Weir said it was a very, very dark script. Yeah. And he made it lighter. And I don't think I don't think it needed it in this. It you know it's bad enough. And it's just his frustration trying to get out and they've sort of centralized it all on how everything is just there to keep him locked in this world. And you know, it's just it's dark but being light it's funny at how you know the moments that are funny are actually really quite sinister and dark when you think about the implications of it yeah like you know when he shows it the flashback it's great how it's done shows you the flashback of him um in the school i want to be an explorer and then the teacher pulls down the map of the world well i'm sorry everywhere's already been discovered <laughs> yeah and then like every newspaper that is like sea town what's it called sea town sea view 
Sea View voted the best place on earth and stuff like this. And I always love it when he goes in the travel agents and there's that big poster right next to him that says, it could happen to you. And it's a lightning bolt hitting an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, all the list of all the things that uh, you could affect you if you went out of... But, I mean, they, but the worst of it is that they've... To give him a fear of water because he loved bones they've drowned his dad in front of him yeah yeah just, yeah they killed oh, his dad it's savage isn't it yeah it's um it must be a very complicated task to undertake to try and make such a sinister sort of plot seem so uh, home and away yeah <laughs> i mean seem seem so lighthearted yeah but it's um do you uh, you're aware of the director peter weir have you ever heard the name before He's done some really good films. I have heard Peter Weir, but... I know there's one in particular I know you really love. Right, hang on. I'll list a few of the ones I like. I'm just... Gallipoli. Have you ever seen that? I have I have seen Gallipoli. Well, first World War film. Mel, Mel Gibson. Yeah, about the runners. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have seen that. Uh, also, he done Witness. Yeah. Harrison Ford and Kelly McGuinness, where there's a, a, a murder and he... Harrison Ford is investigating this murder and the only witness was like an Amish boy. Right, yeah. Who I've got a feeling is Lucas Haas. I keep picturing him. I think it's him. Let me have a look. Yeah, Lucas Haas, who's the boy out of... um, He does quite a lot now, but he was the boy out of Mars Attacks that we talked about. Yes, yeah. mentioned in the sci-fi thing. Getting off topic again. Peter Weir... Yeah, the film that I know you liked of his. Master yeah, and Master Commander. And Commander. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is a good film. I really enjoyed yeah, that film. Yeah, Dead Poet Society done as well. Dead Poet Society. The Mosquito Coast with Harrison Ford again. And, oh, is that River Phoenix in that? Plays his son. I think it is. And they um sort of living in the forest and he's an inventor and they sort of live it off grid, I think. And he invents, he invents a freezer in the forest or something. Right. That's all I can sort of remember that. It's good. But he's uh, quite thoughtful, you know, it's really thought-provoking films. And with this, I mean, they had Brian De Palma was set to direct first before Peter Weir. Uh, Another director who was in line for directing this was David Cronenberg. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think Peter Weir has done a good job for this and uh, it's got a good feel. Jim Carrey as the leading role is just a... Genius a, casting. Genius casting, yeah. It's just at a time when he's coming out of that zany thing and this is his first step into drama, really, isn't it? Yeah, because... But it's still zany enough for him, isn't it? Before this, uh, you sort of knew Jim Carrey for Ace Ventura, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, really? and The Mask. And The Mask. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think in this, he's still got moments of carry. Like when he's driving around the roundabout, going a bit crazy. Yeah. The way he reacts with his friend. You know, there's moments in there where he's typical Jim Carrey. Like the moment with the soap. Yes, yes. he's drawing the spacesuit on the mirror. Yeah, yeah. I named this planet Trumania. That's something he he suggested they'd done. Because he used to do that in his own bathroom mirror when he was a youngster. Uh, Jim Carrey for this, uh, when he was 
filming this, he was very much interested in what was going on on the screen. Whereas the director, Peter Weir, likes to look through the lens and watch what's going on in front of him. And after every take, Jim Carrey would come up and watch what he'd just done and then say, let, let, let's do it again, let's do it again. And in the end, Peter Weir was getting a bit frustrated with this. He's like, I don't want you to keep looking at the, the screen. And he's like, well, I want to know what I'm doing. And Peter was like, well, I think we've got it all right there. You know, I, I'm happy with what I've got. And then Jim Carrey would be like, oh, I don't know. And then in the end, Peter Weir convinced him by saying, Truman's not aware that he's on telly. I think what you're doing by keep going up and looking at the monitor and watching what you've just done, it's going to rub off on the character. And you're going to lose that sense of spontaneity. Yeah, yeah. And that's how he finally won him around. But yeah, going back, it's like all his friends and all his family. It's, it, I couldn't help but feel that um, he's, al- he's almost being kept like a pet. And he's had all of these things thrown into his cage to keep him entertained. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, again, it's it's trying to detain a wild animal yeah for, uh, trying to stop a wild animal being wild almost well peter weir said that he when he got the script he had to make backstories for all the characters right for him to be able to make it authentically he needed to write how it got to where it is and he says that it started off with um christoph having the idea of just following a baby and it was going to be a year in the life of a baby and it was just set in one little studio with them with a mum and her son and the baby yeah it wasn't a real mum it was an adopted baby and then they sort of bring her bring him up and then it got so popular that then they added the dad and they built like a bit more onto the set and eventually they're building onto this set and they've ended up Right, it's got that popular that they start funding money here and there and then built this city. So he has all this backstory that's not in there. Well, it is it, it they do touch in it, don't they? Yeah. In like the There's there's that brief interview with Christoph, isn't there? Yeah. And actually watching this is I love the way it's filmed as though it's the programme. Through fisheye lenses and hidden cameras and Yeah, yeah. Filmed from afar. And it, it, to the point that the beginning of this film, I watched, when I watched it, I was watching it on our PS3, which I haven't watched films through for a long time because it's in like the spare room. And I couldn't remember how to control the, how to get back to the menu. And I watched the documentary that was on there. And then I thought, right, I'll watch a film now. And when the film started, I thought I'd put on another documentary because it's interviewing the characters isn't it that's how the film starts and i can't remember that film starting like that and i was like oh shit have i put the film on is this like (laughs) another documentary but yeah it's it's very well uh very well shot in that respect isn't it and there's lots of scenes like uh when there's a lot of chaos going on there's keep keep switching cameras and like you say they use all the cameras that are in like people's handbags and sort of neckties or whatever and you get all those little yeah like fish eye lenses like and in in the pencil sharp <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Like, in, well, like, the, in his clothes even in truman's clothes there's like must be cameras in his buttons and things like that because you always see from his perspective as well and it's really they thought about everything but it's never over the top is it it's never like too much that it's distracting no, it just fits, doesn't it? But yeah, it, it, Christoph, who was Ed Harris, yeah, sort of the villain of the piece, isn't he? Yeah, but he doesn't realise he's a villain, does he? He thinks he's an artist. He thinks he's an artist, and he ha- he thinks he has every right, and he feels of him. It's 
he almost feels like a god, doesn't he? Yeah, I. You know what? I wanted to mention the god complex. Yeah, you know, because that's that's very much humanity in a nutshell, isn't it? You know, where we try to control everything around us, and he's this film. Yeah, and, and he's got that power. Yeah, Ed Harris it? just takes it to the next level, doesn't he? Where he's like controlling the tide at the end, and, and stuff. even even the way he walks and carries himself as well through the film. Like, you know, he believes he's above everyone almost. Yeah. You know, when he, en- when he enters the, the room and leaves the room, there's that sort of, you know, hush and sort of the fear in the people that work for him. Like, yeah. Know. Yeah. Paul Giamatti comes in. He's like, Oh, oh I was just letting the new guy do. Yeah. <laughs> he's all really like sheepish, wasn't he? But, um, even the line, like where Truman's looking up at the clouds and the sun, um, and the clouds are all shifting and Ed Harris is talking through the microphone through the sky and it's like a godlike image and he says who are you and he says I'm the creator yeah of a popular television show <laughs> it just has it's just great how he says the creator and he pauses yeah that, know, and that's- it's a typical god reference but because he that's how he wants to be yeah the creator it harris wasn't actually originally going to be christoph and it was at the very last minute they changed the actor it was originally going to be dennis hopper right you know dennis hopper i'm just about to google he's actually the dad in ed tv isn't he he did go on to do ed tv yes 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 i know dennis hopper yeah, yeah, but it just wasn't working out. And this almost unraveled the whole film because the studio wanted it wrapped up and they hadn't filmed the Christoph scenes. They hadn't cast an actor and they couldn't think of who to cast. And then someone said, what about Ed Harris? Or Ed Harris's agent phoned him or something. And they put Ed Harris onto them. And within a week, less than a week, he they talked, him in, they talked to him about the plot he said, okay. They gave him the script, say, on the Friday. On the Tuesday, he was filming. And you think for that performance that he's given is incredible for, like, that short of amount of time to, like, bring that performance out of the bag without any preparation. It's pretty it's impressive. Great, isn't it? Because he, he, he does deliver it so well. You, yeah. I couldn't imagine Dennis Hopper doing that, if I'm honest. No. I think Dennis Hopper he brings a, a darker quality, whereas Christoph, as Ed Harris as Christoph, is is an artist and he's artsy and he the way he holds himself like an artist, doesn't he? He's like the way he stands. It's, and that that hat that he's wearing and and the way the way when he's speaking in that interview, he's so condescending and so up himself, so up his own ass about what he's done. It's just brilliant. Yeah, very pretentious, isn't he? Well, I think Dennis Hopper would have been more... He's more of a wired actor, isn't he? He's like... It probably would have been megalomania on a sort of Donald Trump scale rather than on a... (laughs) (laughs) Do you think EdTV was sort of... Because films... You often see film come out and a, a film just like it coming out at the same time, don't you? Yeah. You know, with a similar plot. Like, big... I remember when Big came out and Vice Versa came out at the same time. Right, yes. Where it's the little boy swaps places with his dad, wasn't it? Judge Reinhold and yes, the boy he- out of the Wonder Years. And this sort of came out similar time as Ed TV. Yeah, it came out 
came out the year after. Uh, Ed TV came out the year after the Truman yeah. Show, didn't it? But the Truman Show had been in production for longer and they held it off because Titanic was being released. So they held off releasing Truman Show until the next season. Right. Because they didn't want it to sort of fall under the wayside. But I think that the Truman Show and Ed TV are just different enough. Although they cover a similar area, they're just different enough to be good films in their own right. I don't I don't feel like they overlap or tread on each other's toes, no, if I'm honest. No. I suppose it just was the, the zeitgeist of the time, wasn't it? Reality TV was becoming a thing. Yeah, and I I have to be honest, you know, I I enjoyed Ed TV's use of Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I um I think that was the first film I ever saw um Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey in, yeah. I did I remember enjoying that. It'd be interesting to watch that again and see if I still enjoyed that as much as I had. Yeah. You know what we should have Previously. done? We should have watched it and talked about the both of yeah. them. <laughs> it's still time. <laughs> um, so the wife in this, the Meryl. actress is, yeah, Meryl, but she's got two names, hasn't she? Because her name is really... Hannah Gill. Hannah Gill, yeah. She's the actress Hannah Gill playing Meryl Burbank. Uh, Laura Linney. And she's brilliant in it, isn't she? She looks like she's on the ad, you know, one of those painted advertisements that used to be on like the walls of old fifties American fifties. Yeah, know? what like the really sexist ones? Yeah, of the house of the housewife. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I know what you're saying. When she's doing the uh, advertisement for the the cocoa and the oh, the cocoa, because yeah, all the product placements, isn't it? And that that was another thing they'd sort of come up with her backstory was they could see her just, she's the star of the show, you know, she's right next to him. She's pushing for deals and products to be sold. And she's just relentless throughout it, isn't she? Just this, this, this. Shameless. This, this is all of her doing, you know, this is all her deals that yeah. she's touting. And I mean, the bit with the cocoa, it's after Truman's had a breakdown and he's realising what's going on. And then she's like, have you tried? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've <laughs> tried like, other Cocos and this is the best. She's like, she's that heartless that she has to get it in at that point. And it's just, oh my God, it's that it's really infuriating, that scene. But isn't it, isn't it funny though, how like, sorry, going back to the, the product placements and that, isn't it funny that now people make a living as influencers and they are paid by companies to take photographs and videos of themselves with products that are plastered all over Instagram and YouTube and God knows what it's just, it seems mad that this was only like, you know, just over 20 years ago. And now we've got to this stage where it's just, you know, we're watching this film and it's shocking. And now like, it's just people are unashamedly doing it on a daily basis. This has always happened. You know, there always has been product placement in films. Oh, yeah. Um, and in America is terrible for it, more so than the British films. Even though we're getting there, you know, our advertising and sponsors. We never used to have sponsors of a programme. And now programmes have sponsors, don't they? You know, but I mean, look at Back to the Future and Pepsi and Nike. You know, it's all, all over it. Everything there is there. Yeah, yeah. In such a way that you remember it. And uh, I remember, like, um, watching 
uh, Santa Claus the movie as a kid. And it's just like there's the scene where he's looking in through McDonald's window at all these people eating McDonald's. It's not just any old place, burger bar. You know, it's blatantly an advert for McDonald's. Yeah. So it's always shoved down your throat. But there's those two old boys as well that he meets, isn't there? And they have to, every morning, they meet him in the same place. Their job is to distract him long enough to hold him in front of this poster yeah, yeah, of whatever yeah. advert of the day, isn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> it's just painful, isn't it? And they, they, they even physically manhandle him to the point where the shot's right. <laughs> yeah, you know what it, I mean? Shove him in front of it. and uh, Yeah. It's all money and God complex. Yeah, but then, you know, having it sort of in this voyeuristic style that you're watching, hidden cameras and the way we're watching it, it's almost as though we're implicit in that. And it keeps cutting back to the public who are like hinged on this story happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they are just as guilty. Yeah. Because they're just going along with it. And you see the people trying to infiltrate the programme. Obviously, there's the uh, the girl... Who he sort of has a, a crush on. Sylvia. Sylvia. But it shows you other people that jump in. And they're just doing it to be famous, aren't they? The bloke who comes in in the birthday, in the Christmas present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truman, I'm on TV! <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And even like the extras, I noticed this time as well. You see the extras in the background. And they're all like looking at him and they all want to get as near to him and the policeman when they come around to drop them off after like he has his breakdown and the wife's showing him out at the door and one policeman just leaning forward he just can't take his eyes off of Truman looking around the corner at Truman yeah 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 it's just fantastic how everything points towards this being a, you know he's the star of the show and it's and when they're like starstruck extras. When you watch it back again, you, you, it's almost like hard to think that he got that far without realizing the world revolves around him, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know you have to tell it. You have to set a story in like a timeline. Uh, you know, it's a certain small amount of time that you can set a film, isn't there? So there has to have been things before and things after. Yeah. But you know, it all sort of happens very quickly. You know the. The light falls. Then he meets his dad. Then the, he's listening to the radio as he's driving in the street. And they're like, oh, he's turning into the street. And now he's turning into... Whoa, he almost hit a woman. And, you know, and then they're like, he's listening, he's listening. And everyone stops in the streets as the feedback yeah. goes through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole pause. And you just think, yeah, in fact, it is amazing that all this is happening in the same two days. <laughs> But they, and nothing's happened before. They they made great use again of the fact when you say it's all got to fit in a certain time scale. But for for recapping and for updating you on the past and everything, they made brilliant use of the fact that it is a TV show and it is all pre recorded. Yeah, yeah. And where they have they cutbacks f- to previous shows, don't they? You know, yeah, oh, it's just great. Like to set up the story of him meeting uh, Sylvia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when they cut to like, um, or when they're doing the interview and they're playing clips about how they sort of had to manufacture ways to keep Truman on the island when he's a kid trying to climb up those stones on the beach and sort of bits and pieces like you know. Yeah, yeah. The location as well, the town is just a great. It looks so fake, doesn't it? It looks like a studio. 
with pink roads and yeah, like really nice picket picket fences and oh, it's so pristine, isn't it? Everything like so manicured. It's a real town called um, it's called Seaside, and it's yeah, a town in Florida. It's a really strange looking place. It's very American. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's just perfect location for this film. Isn't it, it? Yeah, you couldn't imagine it being anywhere more normal looking. It, it had to stand out like that. It's almost as big a star of the film. You know what I mean? It plays such an important role to think that this is all, everything's here created around him. And it just looks like it's all part of the same thing. Because, I mean, you go to most cities and you've got higgledy-piggledy sort of buildings and nothing sort of matches, does it? Yeah. Whereas this all looks like it's pristine, as you say, and just sculpted around it. When when he goes into the to the bank, yeah, and um, he's he's trying to to get up in the elevator. Like, why has he gone to the bank? Does he want to draw his money out? Is he trying to leave in a hurry? I can't remember why he's gone in there. But... No, I yeah, I must have missed quite what was happening there and then like before you know it the elevator doors open and then the back of the set's been removed and it's just really like oh quick oh no look oh, let's put this back together and then in the news where they say or his wife's like oh didn't you hear about that horrible accident in the elevator at the bank <laughs> that building's right next to where you work and it's just like they're not even trying to hide it from him you know what i mean it's just like if you're going to pretend that this is like real life for him like do him show him the respect and do it properly you know i mean it's just like that table with snacks on it and people resting behind the set it's just (laughs) oh god but then it makes that really makes you you know it sells the concept of it all being manufactured just for him doesn't it It really sells you on that idea it's a it's a brilliant little detail It's great. There's some really smashing. There's some really fantastic bits. Were you about to say smashing? Smashing. <laughs> there's some. <laughs> there's some really. Fa- like, I love the scene where he's going, takes his wife off in the car, as he goes to leave, and then all of the cars come out. They all get diverted. They're there, and they all pull out in front of it, and then he goes back up that road. They're all gone. It's just, and there's no way that she can explain herself out of that no and when he goes to watch her at work oh my god a surgeon (laughs) (laughs) and they all awkwardly stood all right now we need to make an incision here the the patient jumps up yeah they're just pinning (laughs) it pinning the patient down to the table it's just like what the fuck that's that's the only bit of the film that even remotely made me cringe like considering how (laughs) dark the subject matter is it's really quite quite upbeat all the way through isn't it yeah yeah. But if, like when they get to the other side of that bridge when they're trying to leave town and then there's that warning of that fire and all they've got is that weak little bit of flame going across the road and he drives straight through it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the, the leak at the plant and his wife Meryl, when she gets out, is there anything I can do to help? I'm a nurse. And it's just... <laughs> <laughs> and all, like the, the speech with his friend, that's the heartbreaking bit because his friend's giving him this really heartbreaking speech. Yeah, yeah. And then it cuts away and... Christoph is piping it all in you know he's telling him what to say and it's just yeah and then he's manipulating the music as well the soundtrack in this is is fantastic isn't it yeah oh my god I noticed a bit as well where he's sleeping right and Christoph you know the bit where Christoph is touching his nose yeah, on, the, on the big yeah. screen and that music's playing yeah did you notice that the uh pianist 
is actually is still in, there playing it. It's like, is he there all night yeah. just playing that music? <laughs> yeah. I know it cut away to him a couple of times, doesn't it? And he's like, yeah, but that shot, yeah, it pans away. And you think it's the film music, but everything you hear is supposed to be part of that show, I imagine. But it's so great. The f- I did really enjoy that soundtrack. And it's really, it's funny and quirky when it needs to be, but it's, it's heartfelt when it needs to be and it's uplifting when it needs to be. It's just perfect and so interchanging with the story and with the emotions you're trying to convey. I think Peter Weir, I've seen an interview with him before where someone asked him, what do you, um, how do you start when you make a film? Do you start with storyboards and visualizations of what the scene should be? And he's always says he starts with the music. And he compiles CDs and playlists and listens to music while he's writing. So, and you can tell that music is a key in this, you know, to drive the film, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, the TV host as well, Harry Shearer, when it cuts to the TV host, talking about Truman, the Truman Show, and we got an interview with uh, Christoph. He's a, do you know who that chap is, Naif? I recognised him. You probably recognise his voice more than anything. He does a, he's a Ned Flanders. No way. Monty Burns, Skinner, Smithers, Doctor Hibbert. No way. Um, yeah, and I think the newsreader as well. I think, yeah, that's uh, one of the Simpsons actors. As soon as he started speaking, I was like, "Is that Ned Flanders?" It just, I think that was the voice that stuck out to me. I was like, "Is that Ned Flanders?" I googled him. Yeah, Harry Shearer, his name is. And uh, there was another celebrity I'm sure I saw. I've just watched um, the on Disney Plus. It's WandaVision. Yeah. And there's a character in that called Agatha. And the, the actress is called Catherine Hahn. And she's in like Anchorman. I've seen her in stuff before. And we watched Anchorman recently. And she's in that. But I'm sure she's one of the... Uh, no, in the Truman Show. And she's looking through the, the photos. And she's like, oh, there's my bridesmaids i'm sure she's one of the bridesmaids in that photograph right but then you notice the bridesmaids names they're like janet judith and jane (laughs) (laughs) and they're all j's they're just non-generic looking people with non-generic names beginning with j so he probably doesn't notice if she gets them wrong you know yeah 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 it's It's a little little detail but perfect little bits like that that stick out but there's a bottle of vitamin d on truman and merrill's kitchen table right which you'd imagine for someone who's in a studio set you know he doesn't get any exposure to the sun yeah just little clever things like that that are in there i mean we talked about him you know them trying to keep him in and that but i just love like his fear of the water the way they show that at the beginning is having that jetty and he's sort of on the edge of it and he can't walk up it and as he walks up there's that boat that's just sinking just below the uh, <laughs> just below it's the a water. great little detail it's brilliant isn't it when he finally gets he finally gets on the bus and the driver's like grinding the gears and because he can't drive or because he's been told you think you're not sure yeah, but then at yeah. the end he's like in the boat doing the same thing and they're like well these he doesn't know how to drive a boat he's an actor <laughs> But like when I got a sense when he got off the bus, when he apologised to Truman. Oh yeah, that he, he felt guilty. Yeah, it, that he, he? felt that he was genuinely sorry, and he was just like, you know, maybe 
you know, I'm just doing my job. I need the money, but this is wrong. Yeah, you do. Like the people who are watching the program, like I said earlier, they're all complicit in it. They are as guilty of yeah. encouraging it by watching it. Yeah. But then the people taking part in it are just as guilty. And yeah, you that character, you definitely got that sense of It's humor. like him and Sylvia are like the only two people in the whole film that seem to show any compassion yeah. for, for Truman, aren't they? Yeah, it is heartbreaking. It's 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 a heart wrenching story, but done so well that it's like they're talking about his fear, of, and he he wants to get to Fiji, doesn't he, to meet yeah this girl, and she's not even in Fiji, is she? That's just another line given by another actor. Yeah, it just who just comes spurting down onto the beach in his station wagon. You know, it's just all of these things that just never seem to highlight anything in truman's brain like how the hell did they even know they were there you know how did her dad suddenly realize that that's where she was and then it's oh yeah, yeah she's got schizophrenia blah 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 and it's just like you won't see her again we're moving to fiji it's just like wow yeah what oh a- she always brings her boyfriends down here mm-hmm. and it's like it's all so convenient yeah. that he's questioning it isn't he and he's like did she say that was it her idea to come here when he's like trying to get with sylvie and then they're like obviously they've got other plans they've got this actress in to play his love interest yeah uh, as the wife you know and they keep throwing her into his lap and things don't they when he's obviously interested in her by the time they've had that argument and she's left she's like she's almost ruined the the show by like going what is it she shouts when he's she's like I how am I supposed to? I can't work like this. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever she says. Yeah, and, uh, you know. But then they split up, and Truman's goes to work, and he starts the day off again, doesn't he? And it's like the first day. Yeah. when we joined him, but you're like, he's is he happy? He doesn't seem happy. He can't have accepted it, and he, you know, ultimately he has a plan that I'll just go along with it for now, and then I'm getting out of here. Um, yeah, but when he goes to work and they introduce this new woman and and she's wearing exactly the same sweater that Sylvie was wearing, isn't it? And they're obviously like, oh, you know, let's put her in that and it will give it the connotations that he needs to recognise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all manipulative. He, and, he wavers, doesn't he, when he's on the phone to that yeah, customer? Yeah, because he, he's looking at her and he just, uh, 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 sorry, think, yeah. no, don't, don't. It's a weird thought as well that his wife is an actress pretending to be his wife. Oh, God. But they must be having yeah. relations. And- yeah, but doesn't um, Christoph, uh, he says, doesn't he, in the, in the interview that he's still aiming for the first live streamed Con- televised conception. conception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, it's very subtly just chucked in there and then nothing's mentioned about it again. It's just like, did they just, no. was that really on the, what? I think the wife in that is, um, when she's riding on her bike, she just reminds me of the woman in wizard of Oz, the witch. Yeah. It just, it brings that to me. And I don't know if it's how she, positions herself on that bike when she's riding or whether that's why they've given her the bike you know to reference that or not i don't know but it always ever since i first watched it it's always i've always thought of her as the wicked witch and she ultimately she is one of the most wicked characters in the film isn't she really yeah because she's basically selling herself 
Yeah. For, yeah, it's a sort it's a form of prostitution, isn't it? Yeah, basically. But for her own, her own fame, fame and, and glory. She, yeah. Knowing she can leave whenever she wants. Man, she's such a hussy. Yeah, no one gets their comeuppance, do they? It's not about that at the end. No, but you just think like, would they have just gone on and done more of the same? They do something they else. They do get their comeuppance at the end because basically the moment Truman leaves, like everybody's elated and so happy that he's got out, and then like you see those two guys sat in the um, sat in the parking lot, and they just like right, okay, sweet. What else is on? Just like boom, it's forgotten about. You know, I know that's what's a really. That's the the very last shot of the film, isn't it? Yeah, is them two and that line, and it's such an important shot. It's like these people couldn't take their eyes off this; they can't even work and do their job. Yeah, you just leave the keys in the car. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like that engrossed. But at the end of the day, it finishes. It is just a telly. What else is on? It's just a program. That's done now. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then all of that sort of God complex, it's nothing about you. It's nothing about what you've achieved. People tuned in to watch Truman and he's gone. Yeah. And I think that is the almost, in my head, that's that's the happy ending, the comeuppance. You know, that's everyone else gets stiff. To me, that's not, I saw that ending as a, as a, like a, a, just a slight on how fickle we are as we can watch this sort of thing. And it's just over our head, the complexity of it, how sort of moralistically wrong it is that we're that easily sort of led to watch these things. And then, yeah, at the end, just don't give a shit at the end of the day. You know, that's how it seems. But that last scene, that last sort of act where he goes missing and the best friend turns up again and he's every time he turns up, he's always comes in with the beers first, doesn't it? You know, the beers are in shock. Yeah. Yeah, and he just storms into the house and storms downstairs. Hey, time to get up. I got some beers. Come on, it's time for a party. And it's just like, what the And uh, he's looking around and he speaks to the camera. And then they're like, cut, transmission. And then the moon becomes a spotlight. And, you know, if they found him or not, there's no going back after bringing the sun up at like two o'clock in the morning. and (laughs) Using the moon as a spotlight. Yeah. Um. So then he's out on his boat, he's facing his fears, he's he's going. He doesn't know where he's going. and Yeah, he doesn't even know that he's in a film set at this stage, does he? He knows something's wrong. No, he thinks he's on the earth, but, doesn't he? He must wow. have not seen, I suppose, if they can digitise, if they can create clouds and things, they must have been able to create planes flying overhead and stuff like that. But, but the thing is, is, the moon never moves. Did you notice that through the film? The moon is in the same place in the same all position. the time. Yeah, strange. Which they must have somehow explained that away. If someone's in... isolated in that situation, you could teach them whatever you want. Yeah. It's like I was watching that thinking, they don't need to teach him the world. You know? They could tell him the earth is flat and it's just a mile long and he could believe it, you know? Yeah. It's just frightening at what you could, if you was in that little box, they don't... They didn't need to teach him of the world. He wouldn't have wanted to escape into the world bad boy if they Bobby. didn't tell him. Bad boy Bobby. <laughs> Same concept, isn't it? Yeah, don't go outside. Don't without, go outside without your mask. You can't go out, Bobby. You stay here. Wash me. <laughs> You're a good boy, Bobby. <laughs> good boy. 
We need to do Bad Boy Bubby. All this woke society would have a field day with Bad Boy Bubby, wouldn't they? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to have a field day with Bad Boy Bubby. I think we need to do it. (laughs) Let's let's do that. We need to find Bad Boy Bubby. But yeah, anyway, the concept of, of um, you know, trapping trapping someone and teaching them what you want them to believe is is totally yeah, yeah scary, yeah. horrifying, isn't it? But it just uh, it does. I mean, this film does bring up questions. It's bound to, isn't it? But it's not in a way that it ruins. Everything that happens has a sort of a logic, doesn't it? Yeah. And then when they're bringing up the waves and you just see them sliding up the effects and they're blowing in with wind and... You're just thinking, at this point, he is trying to murder him. Christoph's plan is falling apart, and he wanted to show the birth and show the death. So he's quite happy to drown Truman, just so he can say, i done it. I showed an entire life, you know? I was the first person to do that, televise an entire life. Yeah. It's just frightening. And you just hope that he'd... He got arrested <laughs> at the end of that, you know. It's uh, very weird. Yeah, you'd have, you'd have to think that, because the thing is, is Truman's, This I thought about this afterwards, Truman's walking out of there, right? He doesn't have a real bank account, or does he? Now, is the money that he earned? Because he wasn't actually selling insurance. No. Surely. No. Yeah, that's the thing. Everyone else is getting rich, aren't they? All the other actors yeah. have all got lives outside of the show. But he but he hasn't. He's just living this little life. But I'm sure he wouldn't go f- far without, you know, the most famous person on the planet. I'm sure they'd help him out yeah. once he was outside. But the thing is, is once he's got that money, I mean, we, we it's left that Sylvia is, is running to him, you know, and he's got that little picture of her that he's made up with all of those offcuts that he's following. And, you know, that's where he's going. That's his main drive is he's just looking for Sylvia, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, in your head that they're going to meet up after the show. Yeah. And she's going to help him and she's going to direct him to a lawyer. And what law firm isn't going to want to take exactly, that on yeah. in America? I mean, the, the lawsuit's going to be huge, isn't there? There's going to be human rights breaches. But I mean, surely someone must have brought up the human rights breach prior yeah. to that. Yeah. It's another but, one of those questions, isn't it? Like I say, there is questions that come up. but And they even pose a few in the film themselves. But they just sort of have like people in the audience answering, asking and answering these questions off, don't they? You know, and yeah, yeah. I mean, the crowds in the audience—that's something that's in both this and Ed TV. They both contain like the audience is glued to the telly, obviously, because that's what you're showing. Yeah. But got that bloke in the bath—is that the longest bath you've anyone's <laughs> ever had in their life? he's brilliant he's so passionate i love that guy i don't know he was winding me up watching this he's the one bit of the film that i would have changed really yeah i was watching it and when he's hanging off the thing when truman's and he's hanging off the thing i was like oh i I thought it was brilliant because people do get crazily emotionally involved (laughs) with this shit don't they yeah, yeah. But isn't it funny, though, as well? Because you, you think about what we're, we're watching, we're enjoying watching the audience supposedly watching and reacting to what's going on in the Truman Show, which is a fictional reality TV show. And now we have the goggle box. Oh, God. 
Gogglebox. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> we are watching, literally watching people watching telly. Yeah, like what the hell is that all about? It's just weird, isn't it? There, there is another thing we haven't talked about, we haven't mentioned. Right. The shot of him on the boat. Yeah. You know, after the waves and that was subdued and he's just drifting off, heading towards the horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just crashes through it. Yeah. But, I mean, when you first watch that, it's fantastic. It's so well done that you just don't see it coming, do you? You don't see it coming. And then all of a sudden the shadow just starts creeping over the horizon. You're like, what the fuck? And then... Brilliant. It's such a weird shot when you see him walking along the rim of the water, yeah, with the, with that false cloud painted on that wall and the steps. He really, he really did get over his fear of water very quickly. <laughs> Couldn't even go over a bridge in a car before. And now he's like walking along beside an ocean on a tiny little platform. Yeah. But in case he don't see you, good afternoon, good evening. And good night. But there we go. There we are. Another day, another dollar. Yeah. For, uh, Naif, in case I don't see you, fuck off. <laughs> 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 no, Naif, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure, mate. No, mate, honestly, I really enjoyed this one again. Yeah. It's been brilliant. It's been fantastic, everyone. Thank you for listening. And get over and give us a comment or a like or something on Facebook and Instagram. We need to talk about movies podcast. there's links on the page anyway there's links on this podcast see you later everyone cheese cheese